0: It's the Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and I. I know a story of high strangeness or two. Ha <laughs> ha! Let's do this.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host
2: Bryce Johnson
1: and our super producer
2: Riley Bray.
1: Oh welcome back boys. How's everybody doing? Great man how are you? Good 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 it's a brand new month the month of February the time to fall in love, or at least <laughs> hang in there until Valentine's Day is over. Am I right?
3: I guess so. Cuffing yeah. season's
1: coming to an end, everybody. <laughs>
3: Cuffing. I always season. liked Valentine's as a as a as a young lad, getting all the cards
2: in the box and the chocolates. That was fun. I enjoy. You got that. a lot of you got a lot of Valentines when you were a young young stud.
3: Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think t- today it's like everyone has to give everyone a Valentine's. It, it kind of worked like that back when I was a a boy too. So yeah, got got a few.
1: One Valentine's Day, I forgot that I had individually, obviously, labeled Valentine's ca- uh, to <laughs> individual cast, almost cast members, individual castmates. Listen, they were all supporting players in, the, in my <laughs> leading role as Michael oh, McMillan Joe. Yes. <laughs> no. But instead of delivering them to their to their boxes, I just arbitrarily just handed them out, and then everybody got the wrong. I forgot how Valentine addressing mm, Valentines works. Yeah. So You're like, too What's...
3: excited. You rushed it.
1: Yeah, I got too excited. All right. Speaking of excited, we have amazing guests uh, here uh, tonight. Uh, our guests. Are no strangers to the podcasting world, and one mm-hmm. of them is no stranger to BCC. This is her second appearance on the show from mm-hmm. Lizard People and the Monster Line podcast. Please welcome back Caitlin Hempstead and give a warm club scout salute to her Monster Line co-host and co-host of the Magic Tavern, Adel rifi Woo! Woo! Ow! All right.
4: I, I grew. Up, I mean, I spent most of my life in Illinois, and I remember there was a must have been like ninety three. When in school, every single Valentine I got one year was all Michael Jordan Valentines because it, it would have been the Bulls, the Bulls' right first yeah. championship, yeah. right? And up. so I remember getting like thirty Valentines and opening it, and it was just Jordan after Jordan after Jordan. It was just <laughs> oh all dudes. Yes, do you
5: exactly. think they did that because you're a you're a, you're a man of height?
4: Uh, oh, maybe you're maybe they were bullying me. Yeah. Maybe. Right. <laughs> Have oh, you considered that
5: you weren't popular? You were bullied.
4: Oh, no. Yeah. Um, they had Care Bear ones and
3: you didn't get those. They're like, oh, I uh, know what Adam wants. He's, he's going to want a Jordan. Yeah. Damn it.
5: He's going to yeah. want. It. No, I think it was kids just being like, hey, man, it's not just you. Yeah. You're not the only one who's six foot seven and with a gambling the problem. It's all a yeah.
1: loser around. Here's Michael Jordan.
4: <laughs> i was Where very tense i only smoke cigars mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always on the golf courses as an 11 year old are you six seven no, no i am i am six one and a oh. half ish
2: oh i was six, excited one. i yeah. thought i met another giant yeah. how tall are you i'm six seven
4: holy
1: <laughs> shit yeah, you can't yes. come on this podcast boasting about height unless you're ready to go Shoulder to shoulder, head to head. I was Mr. excited. Charlie it's Bradley. not a competition.
2: Yeah. I was like, no, no one else is. I never get to have like eye contact. It's. it's clear,
1: I mean, I guess it's not on him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess
4: it's ideal for you to be on a podcast called the Bigfoot Collectors Club and be <laughs> six foot fucking seven. Is, it's true. Uh, Adult, I, let me tell yeah. you
3: something. I'm I'm the same height as you, and 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 I. And I when I get to hug Riley, I go on my tippy toes, and it feels so <laughs> like, good. I just Huppies. am like, I never <laughs> yeah. get this. It's amazing. And I yeah. snuggle right into his breastplate, But I just – it feels so right.
1: <laughs> Sometimes we call Man. him dad, and we are just like
2: <laughs> – yeah. It's a whole yeah. different yeah. podcast. Yeah,
1: uh, some of our our longtime listeners will remember this story. But one year we went to a UFO convention, and the Ooh. true believers there kept stopping and gawking at Riley and calling him a Nephilim. And That's they were true. like. Yeah. Wow. Like, well, here's a Nephilim. <laughs> oh, here's a Venusian. Yeah. They we were stop guck. Like, yeah. Because oh, yeah.
5: you're descended from a, a species of enormous space guys? The fallen <laughs> angels, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, fallen angels, right? <laughs> really? the,
3: the the fallen angels that mated with the uh, the women of Earth became the Nephilim, <laughs> yes.
5: Got it. Wow. You have the yeah. coolest backstory I've ever heard of. Angel <laughs> bone? I have to
4: imagine. I, I don't want to speak with authority, but I have to imagine you are the tallest podcaster in the world. Let's unless like George Miroshan has a podcast, which I think he unfortunately passed away. I think you're it. Oh, no. I mean, does Shaq have a heaven.
2: podcast? I feel like Shaq would have a podcast. That's Shaq has that he would do. Come on. it on one. If not, mm. let's, let's get him on the show. Yeah. If you're listening, Yeah, Shaq. I
1: think he... Yeah, you might have some competition with basketball players, but other than that, I let's check it, because I'd love to get the show in the Guinness Book of World Records.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tallest yeah.
5: podcast. Well, how
0: tall yeah. is Paul yeah. Tompkins?
1: Yeah.
5: Paul yeah. Tompkins does not seem like a tall man to me.
1: No, he's a,
2: he's a regular
5: he's size. He's not a short man. Yeah. No. He's like,
1: I think he's like a solid 5'11", maybe. That's exactly maybe.
5: what I was going to guess. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. not, that's great. Yeah.
5: Oh, great. Oh. We're all on the same page. Well, good show. Um
4: great show everybody. We're good here. We're done. See you yeah, back pleasure. here next week. <laughs> good night.
0: <laughs> Another um, episode all right in
1: the heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, all
0: good.
1: right. Caitlin Adl, mm-hmm. we love to ask our guests, what is your personal paranormal history? Now, Caitlin, you've been on the show before. Uh, can you jog I now I didn't go I'm gonna confess I didn't go back can and re listen to the episode but my memory like, was you um... hadn't had, you hadn't had any major stuff in your life
5: no I have not seen a ghost um I have not been abducted I have not seen a cryptid my only experience of the paranormal is in um very sheepishly and embarrassedly. Admitting that I think I have had some precognitive experiences.
3: Oh, okay, that counts. Right. That counts. Right. Go, please, um, please extrapolate. Any
1: yeah. Recent one since you've last been on the show. Any anything that you went? Oh, there it goes again.
5: Yes, yes. I had one in Disneyland on Friday.
1: What? Okay. And
5: now we're. Really I knew talking
0: that I language.
3: was coming yeah, on the show, novels. and I was like,
5: Caitlin, yeah. don't forget this.
3: Oh my God! So what happened? How did you foresee the future? <laughs>
5: I think Rise of the
1: Resistance is going to break down. All right. I did it. Nailed
0: it.
5: How did I know? (laughs) I have this thing that happens to me with some regularity like every year or so where I have a dream about a place and then roughly like six months later, I go to that place and it's a place Mm. that I have not been um and uh specifics of which i would not know like i wouldn't have googled uh and then i go to that place and i'm like this is an exact match down to like the trees and the whatever now haters are gonna say that's deja vu (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a normal thing that people experience uh and maybe i'm haters but (laughs) in the moment it doesn't feel like an invented memory. It feels absolutely real. And I've had it happen a couple times where I like dream journaled, wrote down what happened in the dream had it happen six months later and then went back to the journal and was like, I, I fucking wrote it down. It's Whoa. real. Cool.
4: That counts for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, Yakov turn of like, maybe I'm haters.
0: In
5: Soviet Union, haters dream you.
3: That's why, yeah. So it's not like, so it sounds like your precognitive isn't like something that's going to happen like in the next five minutes or something. It's a little further down the road.
5: Yeah, and it's not, you know, the the way that I explain it is it's not magic. I mm. think that uh, quantum entanglement exists through time as well. Uh, and I think that it is perhaps possible for the synapses to fire in such a way that you experience time in a nonlinear fashion.
0: Love that.
3: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's as good as our scientists know. They still really don't know what deja vu is or, or how to properly explain it away. So it is a phenomenon, an epiphenomenon. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. So I'm fine to spend the rest of my life just going, well, this is a thing that happens sometimes and I'm not concerned with the explanation. Well, what happened at Disneyland? Oh, yeah. Uh, I had never been on the Rise of the Resistance, right? It didn't exist the last time I went to Disneyland and I'm not like a Disney guy. And so I'm not like Googling, like I gotta do a Rise of the Resistance YouTube walkthrough.
3: Not like Michael, right?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: No spoilers for me. No spoilers for me. <laughs>
5: We were in the line briefly uh, and I looked over at my friend Joan and I was like, oh, it's a dream. Uh, And I had had a dream about like before I was close friends with her, being with her in like a wooded place. No spoilers. Um, That is like very specifically this line.
0: Hmm. And I was like, "Uh, uh,
5: uh," but I didn't bring it up.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope she's (laughs) listening now.
2: Joan? Is this is it generally like location based, or is there is it like will you have an event or something like that, or is it is it more like I've been in this place?
5: It's just location based. Um, hmm. If there's a person that I'm directly interacting with, I will usually remember that it was that person. But usually, it's just like physically walking into a place.
3: Hmm. That is
1: strange. Wow. Love yeah, it.
5: So I'm uh, I'm a psychic, and I should start charging money for this. So. <laughs> great this is my whole thing now
1: i see myself standing in a queue that'll be fifty dollars
3: <laughs> wait i asked the
1: question about me uh, well
5: it, at some point work be with
1: like that i don't know that
5: well in a place I, I can't describe
1: i can confirm you're not there you are not there
5: <laughs> but there will be two redwoods to my left and a small kiosk to my right
2: and I will have received fifty dollars yeah,
0: exactly.
5: <laughs> so that's Adam, my, what about that's you? My whole oh, thing
1: yeah. I love it it's great it's so strange when that kind of stuff happens and I like that it's just a little baby superpower um but let's see if you can grow it a little bit I don't know how we need to get you like uh you, we need to who was why am I blanking on Buffy's uh mentor giles from yeah, we need to get you like a, a psychic Giles to help train train your 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 psychic powers. Oh, so you can be
5: I don't like think I real... got that far in Buffy. Giles gets powers.
1: No, you. He trains you. You've got powers. He's there to like train you.
5: Yes, I need to find my Giles. Does anyone in this room volunteer?
1: Bryce,
3: <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
5: <laughs> Bryce, you're tall and guess, you can see yeah. further, so it only yeah. makes sense. Yeah,
1: it'll be great. Um, you can see a little further into the present uh, than than Kay- <laughs> Kaylin can. Uh, Adal, what about you? You've got. Have you ever had an experience that you can't explain? Mm,
4: yes, I I have. I since I was a young lad, I read maybe from the age of like six or seven. I I got a copy of Alvin Schwartz uh scary stories to tell in the dark illustrated by Stephen. yeah uh, illustrated Mm. by Stephen gamel and those illustrations rocked my world Mm. so ever since i saw those illustrations i've always been like had terrible nightmares and uh as you do at a young age from seeing those images um and one and i i was always curious if i you know if i would ever experience anything like i read in those stories and one time uh the, the big one that stands out was my grandma brownlee who when I was younger would call Grandma Brownie in a very adorable voice. Um, my grandma Brownlee lived out in the countryside in, a, in central Illinois. In okay,
1: already the... this sounds yes. like the beginning of a scary story to tell in the dark, Grandma <laughs> totally. Brown. Yeah, grandma a cabin to in
4: the woods? <laughs> hey, this is my great grandma. Nice. My great grandma Brownlee lived. Uh, she lived on a farm uh, in a house in the middle of nowhere in in Neponsa, Illinois. Neponsa, Illinois is a town with no restaurants, one gas station, uh, one bar. It's uh, I think it's like 140 people or something. But she lives in the middle of a field. She owns a lot of land, and she, she used to raise uh, Arabian horses and cocker spaniels. Oh, wow. And her house was from the huge farmhouse, was probably from the eighteen mid-1800s. And back in the day when Neponset was just a fledgling community, and I, not that it ever grew into anything else, uh, <laughs> all the funerals in town would take place in her house. So that was Whoa. back when they, I don't know when they stopped doing that, Whoa. but I, they, I guess they used to do like living room funerals, which is, I guess, a oxymoron, hmm. but that was, <laughs> that was what her house's uh, purpose was in the, in the township. Um, and one night my, and she would always tell stories of like, she would be in bed and she would feel something licking her hand. And then she would look down and see like the ghost of one of her dogs that had died or something. Whoa. And she was never, she was never like scared of them, but she would just always talk about it. Like it was fact of like. Oh, it, like Bandit visited me last night. He licked my hand or like he curled up at the end of my bed and I felt his weight or whatever it was. Um, or he was on my bladder and I had to get up and pee or something. Like <laughs> it, it, it was just like Don't forget was... to
1: go potty, great grandmother.
4: <laughs> it was just well, kind of scary or, but it was always like humorous or just a fact for her. Like she never doubted that there was supernatural elements to to the house or whatever. Uh, So one night she got sick and she was overnight or she was a few nights in the hospital. So my mom and I house sat at her place to take care of her two living dogs. Um, And I was my mom slept upstairs. I was downstairs on the couch. And at some point I was kind of not really falling asleep. This is pre cell phone. So I didn't have anything to distract myself. So I just kind of staring around the room. Uh, And at some point I gazed from the living room all the way through to the kitchen In the window, I saw what looked to be like a humanoid shape, Mm. just like a dark humanoid shadow or shape outside the window. Um, And I stared at it for a while to be like, is this going to move? What's going on here? Am I just seeing things? Is there some shadow reflecting? Um, So I saw that shape for a while and it never really moved or anything. And eventually at some point, I was like, ah, it's whatever, and I just kind of ignored it and went back to looking around the room or lo- flipping through a uh, Reader's Digest or whatever I was doing, eating hard candy. Wordless- <gasps> Wait, uh, <laughs> who's the grandma here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Putting on my fluffy slippers, remembering the
4: depression. Continue to lay on the Davenport watching my programs. Um, Justing like my cameo. <laughs> my stories.
3: Those are my television stories.
4: <laughs> I found $5 for my birthday. Um, and then at some point, her two dogs, which were in the kitchen, mm. um... Started barking, and as they started, bar- they're barking. So it's like uh, the kitchen, and then there's like a enclosed porch with a staircase that leads down to the basement, and then there's like a porch porch uh, that's not enclosed with a with where the front door is. So they're at the kitchen door that's closed to the enclosed porch, and they start uh, barking at the door where the enclosed porch is, um, and and there's a locked door between the porch and the enclosed porch. So they're barking at the enclosed porch bark 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 i get up and start to walk into the kitchen uh i don't see the shadow the figure in the window anymore and as i start to walk towards the kitchen and i see them barking and i'm trying to you know shut them up or whatever hmm. the motion light in the enclosed porch goes off and a light shines from underneath that door into the kitchen and <laughs> immediately when that light goes off immediately the dogs go dead silent <laughs> oh no and i had always been told i'd never really experienced it but i had always been told that Animals sense, you know, they, they have a different sort of environmental awareness than humans do. Yeah. Uh, they can see shapes or sense whatever that's that we as humans uh, cannot. So they went dead silent and just sat perfectly still once that light went off. Mm. Uh, maybe 20, 30 seconds go by, the light shuts off. And as soon as the light shuts off, the dogs start barking again and the porch, the outside porch light goes Stop. on. So it's as if something was inside the house and that enclosed porch and then moved outside, which yeah. makes no sense. Versus outside then came in. Um, and the dogs kind of like basically if they were anthropomorphized, they would have like looked at each other, shook their heads, and like went to their <laughs> rooms. Like, like, not today, buddy. Like, like when you get a new blackjack dealer and they clap their hands and they're like, yeah. no, thanks. I'm right. out. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I immediately, once I saw the the outside light go on, the outside motion-detected light go on, I just uh, very quickly high-stepped it back to the living room, got on the couch and pulled one of great-grandma Brownlee's quilts over myself and Can willed move. myself to sleep. So uh, yes. never <laughs> figured out what that exactly was, if it was some sort of malfunction or some sort of bug or animal or what it was. But uh, a, very, a very haunting moment and something that... Uh, Gave me goosebumps and, and chilled me to the bum.
3: Did you tell your grandma about
4: it or or ask her if she had any more types of experiences like that? Yeah, I told my grandma basically, I mean, I didn't tell her the full version of like that I had seen something in the window or anything like that, but I had told her that the lights had gone off, gone on and that the dogs were barking and then stopped and stuff. And she was just like, Oh yeah, that kind of stuff happens. So she <laughs> kind of she kind of shrugged it off and lumped it into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and again, she, was she was just very casual with supernatural stuff around her house, just giving over to the fact that it was indeed haunted by right. animals and humans. Um, but she never, she never
1: asked me any further questions and she never denied it. So wow. now I have a question that's going to sound disrespectful, but it's leading somewhere.
0: <laughs> okay. Did your
1: grandma have pet funerals there? No,
4: but she did like I said, she raised uh horses and dogs, right. So there were a lot of animals buried on the property okay. but she would never hold uh a funeral for them. Yeah. I mean I mean, she would probably you know have a marker like a grave marker or something, but there's no sort of funeral you know...
1: well, because i'm I guess what I'm getting at is like, okay, it, one could argue, oh, all these dead bodies have come into the house and mourners have been there and a lot of Mm -hmm. emphasis and energy has been put into death at these funerals and remembering people. But the fact there's also animals showing up in spectral form makes me go, you know, maybe it's not the fact it's a funeral home. Maybe that's sort of a red herring. Maybe there's just something about this point on the map where the house was built that was a, a magnet for supernatural activity and also just happened to be, you know, uh, a, a funeral point as well. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And I and I will say, I mean, uh, the figure I saw in the window, I don't know if it was, you know, dis- if that was ever distinctly human or anything or just some sort of maybe it could have been a horse from, <laughs> from the neck up staring in. So uh, who knows? But, but how did uh, it get uh,
5: into the screened in porch? <laughs>
4: No, that was just that the figure was just looking in through the kitchen window. So there's like a kitchen oh, okay, window. Okay. On okay one, so it could have been a horse. on one wall. Yeah, on one for for the wall sake of the, for the
3: sake of the podcast,
4: yeah. it, it, let's call it a shadow person a or ghost. <laughs> no. Listen, no. coming summer twenty twenty three for Switaker is ghost horse.
5: So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that his name? Right. <laughs> it's a yeah. guy, certainly. was it was <laughs> a ghost dog? Was it ghost dog,
4: yeah. What is That's ghost, right? Right. A
5: horse
4: ghost. It's it's a dog? It's a ghost dog. I made a joke assuming everyone knew the original. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were
5: making a last King of Scotland the song, joke yeah. somehow.
4: No, of course, Whitaker played a
5: samurai.
4: Yeah, that's yeah, right. A ghost, yeah. ghost dog. Yeah. And so I was making a ghost horse. Ghost
1: uh, dog, Way of the Warrior? Was that the full title? No, I mean, it's I implied. Anybody...
4: If, yeah. if it's not the full title, it's definitely implied. But uh, one the... wall to the kitchen went outside. Like, you, you, the, the window was to directly outside. Mm. And then the other wall had a door to the enclosed porch which then had a door to the outside.
1: Had you ever seen a horse hang out outside a window at that place before? Uh, At the point that I was, uh, uh, from
4: the point I was born on, there were no horses on the farm. Mm. So the horses she raised were pre addles
1: Oh, so it would have been a ghost horse if it were a horse.
4: Yes. Any horse on the property would have been a ghost horse. Or
1: back in the supernatural realm. (laughs) Or some
4: sort of express mailman. (laughs) Any horse (laughs) on this property (laughs) is a ghost. (laughs) There should be signs on all farms that say that.
5: Do not ride
1: horses; they are, <laughs> they are ghosts. Do not attempt to pet a horse on this property; it will be a ghost. Don't oh, feed the ghosts. Awesome.
4: Don't <laughs> feed the ghosts. Lay your palm flat if you do. Have some I, ghost sh- kill, kill some sugar.
1: <laughs> will murder a carrot. Don't walk behind this ghost horse; it will kick right through you. <laughs> <To the> start <laughs> Yeah, I think like, okay, there's clearly something was going on here. If it was something the dogs yeah. were used to seeing, I don't think they would have gone apeshit. I think there yeah. was clearly some type of energy, but mm. the way you described it felt more in like the shadow people realm. It like, sure. doesn't necessarily feel like ghost. It feels more like some type of other otherworldly energy yeah. moving through.
6: And just
4: just to sort of uh, speak to my my great grandma's bona fides, like she was tough as nails. She like she never I mean, she was in the hospital that night, but she basically died at her house at the age of like 96 or something. Wow. She mowed the lawn once a week on her own accord very mobile very uh like she didn't have anyone helping her at the farm if if we were at her place and she saw like a a spider on the wall she would just slap her hand against it and kill it like she was not she was not like a dainty woman being like oh the ghost like she Mm -hmm. was like a no nonsense yeah tell 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 it as it is you know really
1: didn't suffer for you describe her she does sound a little bit like a witch yeah
4: just you're not wrong <laughs> just saying yeah you're not wrong
1: the digger the the more the d- deeper we dig here yeah and we are i mean she's always had a boiling cauldron was always in the kitchen
4: i will say we are related to rebecca uh, rebecca nurse's family whoa on my mom's side of which the is salem witch of the salem witch trials Ooh. wow what do you know so about I that it, it, i believe it was like the nurse family was maybe three kids and i think Two were hmm. deaf or something. So basically, it was like a they were either deaf or uh, mute, something along those lines, or both. And that's why they were maybe uh, accused, targeted. But one of them uh-huh. went on to have one of them was not killed or survived to some degree, and they had kids. And we are <gasps> somehow uh, descendants of of that. Um, that's wild. Something. Have yeah. you
5: or your sister ever like displayed any abilities? I don't think so. Hmm.
4: I mean, well, hold on, I will say... I do improv, which,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is very
3: Wiccan. To pluck (laughs) words
4: out of the ether as they spring to mind is no easy feat for a mortal. To create a world that never existed. I do
3: have a Wiccan improv group. (laughs) Magic
4: and he's a witch. Hold on, I'm not a witch. Give me a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a witch.
5: I'm your grandma, and we're in space. Oh, that's great. That's
3: wonderful wild man creepy yeah
1: so do you guys what are your like general beliefs on this stuff i mean clearly you've been doing a show a podcast recently where you've been talking a lot about cryptids and monsters yeah. uh from a from a silly point of view but like have you learned anything about cryptids have you has it opened your mind in any weird way that you're like hey maybe some of this stuff is real or do you find it all to be bullshit
4: I I want to believe. I find it all fascinating in terms of like cryptozoology and the supernatural. I I it's so much fun. Uh but I think I think ultimately spectral gun to my head. I would say <laughs> as uh, a la BRPPD whatever that movie. Um I would have to say mm-hmm. they're probably not real. And I think it's almost to me uh I would say it's almost like mythology. Like if you think about Greek mythology or Roman mythology I think a lot of what they prescribed to these deities was just like uh intangible efforts that they needed to explain away Mm -hmm. so it's something of like if you think about I I heard it described maybe it was like Stephen Fry or somebody talking about it where it's like when Achilles was in Troy uh fighting he you know uh, 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 uh Artemis uh or Athena gave him the courage Uh, let's say artemis artemis gave him the courage to enter battle uh, and steady his hand where in all reality and and achilles is fictional but in all reality you know if some if some warrior had his uh, hand steady and he was prepared for battle and he didn't flinch there wasn't maybe a word for that or there wasn't a way to define how he summoned that
1: courage yeah what Mm -hmm. governs that courage within yeah
4: so it's prescribed a way of like oh artemis uh, was by your bedside the night before and that's mm. why you won so i think i think uh cryptozoology and super a lot of supernatural stuff i think is just that where it's like something weird happens and so like oh it was this entity or this ghost or we see someone uh, much like uh, what was it? Sailors would see like manatees and think they were mermaids or whatever the yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Sexy sometimes mermaids. they saw
1: mermaids. And thought they yeah, were mermaids sure.
4: Too. So, I, so I think it's just that where it's like you see something and you're drunk or you're on the influence or you're far away or you have bad vision or you
1: want to believe. You're so, so horny for a manatee. You, just you for you a have,
5: big, thick.
1: <laughs> you have to justify making uh, out with a walrus on a beach.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think they're. All, I think. I think everyone who's seen a cryptid is uh, an attention sinker. I just I think they're <laughs> a star for attention. Um, I, well, I do think that for aliens to be sure, um, but I, <laughs> but I think it's just something. You know, it's like a it's like dragons to dinosaurs or something, where it's like, of course mm. there were dinosaurs, but there weren't dragons. But I think there are people who are like they saw some, they saw a wolf uh, limping or something, and they were like, oh, that wasn't a wolf. It was walking in this peculiar, stilted way. So surely it was a direwolf or a werewolf or whatever it is, you know. That, those, where, are, those are my feelings.
2: But where does horse ghost fit into that?
4: Mm. Horse ghost real. Horse <laughs> <goes> real.
2: <laughs> ghost friend. real. Everyone yeah. yeah.
4: Horse <laughs> ghost coming to Adult Swim 2024. <laughs> yeah, trademark.
0: <laughs> well,
1: we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to hold that spectral gun to your head and uh, <gasps> make both of you uh, come down on one side or the other on some of this phenomenon. We'll be right back. <gasps> All right, Caitlin, adult, uh we have a game that we play with all of our guests. Uh, it's mm-hmm. newly refurbished list, uh, Caitlin, so you've done this before. There should be some new selections on this. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena. If you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. Imagine that, okay. that translucent horse... <laughs> horse gun <laughs> at your head and you have to answer one way or another there's no now between. it's a horse
0: with a ghost gun <laughs> Who now
1: it's horse? a horse holding a ghost gun okay
5: yeah but how is he holding it well-
1: he Has one mouth. extra
2: arm. Okay. Oh, it's That I, makes I, more I, sense. Yeah.
4: Picturing it in the stylings of Gary Larson, and it, it's very
1: funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> standing on two feet. He's anthropomorphized. Yeah. He has a 1950s beehive update.
5: It's like cow tools, where it doesn't quite look like our gun. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: He's holding up a semi truck that says Salt Lakes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a game we call bullshit. Or believe it. Also, it's rapid fire didn't mention that here we go oh, okay caitlin at all on yeah. your mark get set ghosts believe it believe it bigfoot bullshit believe it ufos bullshit
5: believe Att- it mothman <laughs> bullshit
1: bullshit curses B- believe it believe it possessed dolls bullshit bullshit the Bermuda Triangle. Believe it.
5: Bullshit.
4: Hollow Earth. Bullshit. Phone a friend. I don't know what that is.
1: The The Earth is hollow <laughs> and there's creatures that live in there.
4: Oh, believe it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: can we do bullshit, believe it, or You didn't need a, phone a friend bed? for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Caitlin's reassessing her partnerships. <laughs> uh, bullshit, there are bullshit, bullshit. There are alien constructs on the moon. Bullshit. Bullshit. Psychic visions, believe, believe it. it. Dreams are really other realities, and when you fall asleep, you visit them.
4: Um, half and half. Bullshit.
1: That's against the game at all. You gotta. Yeah, pick I was one. like, Bull. Michael's not allowed. It a half, and
4: half Sorry, if I may, and you can you can veto this. Bull, leave it. Oh. there's
1: <laughs> well, a like the first so for
4: Michael's.
3: everything.
1: Just <laughs> <the> <laughs> Just like, oh. Time travel.
5: Believe
0: it.
1: Bullshit bending spoons with your mind bullshit. bullshit entities from other dimensions visit our world believe it believe it pets see spirits <laughs> ghost doors believe it
5: believe it
4: tarot cards <laughs> only
5: because of ghost doors <laughs> uh believe it i believe that tarot cards are a sort of a Jungian symbol but i don't think they're magic
4: a Yu-Gi-Oh symbol?
5: Yeah, they're for <laughs> You can like
4: oh yo, right? Yeah. Cards, I also like, thought you were launching yeah. into the Darkness song where you're like, I believe. <laughs>
5: no, it was the song from believe Book of Mormon. I
0: believe. <laughs> you look so real, but they're not magic.
1: Loch <laughs> Ness Monster. Bullshit. Bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about believe Roswell.
4: It. Bullshit. Uh, believe it. Bo- believe it.
1: We are living in a simulation. Bullshit! bullshit. You could outsmart a werewolf, Uncle B- Sam. Believe it. New
4: Uncle Sam posters. Uh, <laughs> uh, bullshit.
1: I want you to outsmart a werewolf.
2: <laughs> I would. I want that poster, Uncle actually. Sam. It's
1: a full That's moon. <laughs> Planet Earth is a sentient macro organism. Oh, believe uh, it. Believe it. The universe is looking out for you. Uh, believe it. Believe it. Finally, in our original timeline, the famous Bear family's last name was spelled Berenstein, not Berenstain.
0: Believe Bear-leave
4: it. Bear leave it. Mm, <laughs> nice. <You better> mama <laughs> ra- Raise that last
1: one to be a bullshit or believe it answer. All right. Great Smart. job. A couple things I want to circle back on. Uh, Adol hates UFOs curses both of you believe in mm, yeah. um do we want to revisit hollow earth that's up to caitlin she <laughs> question.
5: Adel, this is a thing that we have covered extensively uh on lizard people and there's, this stuff. <laughs> there's well, a i've few. never heard of it he, how would he? there's a few different versions of it but one theory holds that all of the extinct flora and fauna that used to exist on mm. earth just kind of snuck in through a hole before the antarctic froze over or
0: mm. er, the arctic
5: and they're all yeah. just goofing around in there.
1: Hey, man! dodo birds down there. When mm-hmm. those yeah. polar ice caps finally melt, get ready for some <laughs> freaky, freaky creatures. Oh,
5: something to look forward to about yeah. climate change.
0: <laughs> now, yeah. I do
4: believe, speaking of polar ice caps, what are those little, uh, I want to say terabytes, but that is wildly incorrect. The the, the, the little, little teddy bear, bear creatures? Yeah. yeah. What are those called? Petrol- water tar- bears? Tardigrades. Tardigrades, Tardigrades, thank you. Mm, I do believe. Yeah. I do Those believe awesome. that tardigrades and octopi are aliens. So I'm on I, board with that. I don't yeah. believe in aliens, but I believe that octopi and tardigrades are are the aliens.
1: Okay, I fair like enough. That. We'll take yeah. that. What? So UFOs, like all this stuff that's in the news right now, all this just "quote unquote" disclosure that's happening. It's hmm. not really disclosure, but just like, you know, now the military's like, we don't know what the fuck these are. What What do you think some of this stuff is?
5: Well, unfortunately, I am too swayed by what is it—the Fermi theorem, um, mm-hmm. the Fermi, Fermi paradox. paradox. Thank you. Uh, that intelligent life—if we have not been able to perceive a planet that could support life—that um, is, with any sort of reaching distance of our planet—then the odds that a sentient being would be able to build a craft fly that craft get here and then communicate with us in any meaningful way is so low that uh it is lower than the odds of winning the mega millions which i did buy a ticket for so maybe there's a little part of me <laughs> got a little Something's hope in you
0: uh-huh.
5: yeah it's it's bullshit with hope now, and how about, how about
3: party. you at all you said no on Ooh. the ufo's as well right
4: yeah i don't really believe in i i there might be unidentified objects but to me it's probably like you know how in our oceans there's just uh, like fifty trillion gallons of trash. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like any unidentified object that we that enters our atmosphere is maybe just like space junk, air garbage. Or maybe There are, yeah, maybe there are intelligent life forms on another planet building something and they toss it into space and it eventually lands in our backyard. But I don't think like a baby, oh, and he's raised trash.
0: by two like loving that. Kansas farmers. <laughs> Thank you. And he grows up to be Superman. <laughs>
5: Got it. Oh, I thought you were don't, talking about raising don't forget. Arizona. Don't forget <laughs> <laughs> two loving farmers. Nicholas don't man, don't man, forget
1: Nicholas. every super baby found on a farm is somebody else's spaced garbage.
0: Wow. That's right. Aww. That's
4: Aww. I that Bumper sticker, please. I'd buy that. But I don't think that I don't think there's vehicles that aliens sit in and drive around to come visit us. I think that's mm. all garbage.
5: What do mm. you all think about that one?
4: Well, it's tricky. I mean, you know, you have a lot
3: of reports of of piloted vehicles with landings and contactee experiences. You have the abduction phenomena where people are taken from their bedroom and boarded onto a ship, but you also have sort of the the UFO or or the vernacular today being used is UAP, which which nobody's really sure about. They seem to be intelligently controlled uh, vehicles made of light or. Often sometimes mm. described as metallic craft, uh by and 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 these are often witnessed by some of the best reports come from our our pilots in the military, you know, that are that are flying, you know, uh half a billion dollar machines armed with nuclear armament. And and they're trained to spot um, you know, a- enemy aircraft. Space and babies. so yeah, and they so they they, are they, they have a real trained eye. And when they when they come across something that sort of um is not only picked up by them but on their by their ground crew's radar then you sort of have this triangulation of evidence that says you have an ace top pilot seeing this thing you have their radar crew confirming it and uh, and, and you know that's when it gets a little complicated because um they you know they're seeing something and uh so I don't know it, there's definitely something up there and it's not no, it, this has been happening Uh, more recently in the news but this stuff has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years so there's definitely something out there what it is i don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of it
4: now didn't the u.s military famously give their pilots i can't remember what they gave them cocaine some lsd (laughs) didn't they give them some sort of drug to keep them awake (laughs) Listen, no, just a kiss Back in the 50, of the 60s, 70s, and didn't that? Wouldn't that have affected their perception of what they're seeing and
1: what they're experiencing? It, certainly, but addle check out the 2004 Tic Tac video. Okay, there that's you all go. you gotta do. Just Google, Google, Google that. Uh, I can't remember the pilot's name. Listen his, to uh, his testimony. It's Commander
3: David Fravor, and this guy, it was uh, yeah. It the was a was war wild. group out of San Diego, and th- this took place in the, I Don't believe, have time the early for all
4: two thousand. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's wild. Fra- fravor is what I drunkenly slur at a Leonard Skinner concert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, what, I, oh, I okay. Fra- fravor, fravor saver.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask very quickly, Bryce? Uh, just for my own uh, knowledge, what does UAP stand for?
3: Unidentified aerial phenomena. So. Uh, you know, it, 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 as opposed to the unidentified flying object. I which think it's because
1: I... UFO has become so synonymous with alien spacecraft that yeah. when the Pentagon and the military wanted to start talking about it in a way that's not because they're also not acknowledging this stuff being alien. The latest report yeah. is like, actually, like we have no evidence that this stuff is alien we don't know what it is though not all some of it's space junk some of it is stuff we drones and stuff we can identify and then there's a small percentage we have no clue what this stuff is and we Mm. don't understand how it behaves the way it behaves absolutely i think it's to be taken seriously yeah Yeah, well it's also a way way to to, kind
3: of control the narrative and, and retake back the uh the vernacular but to a lot of uh uh, people it'll always be a ufo and and so it, it's not really a, an adopted term uap quite yet but yeah. but i like it's that QAP, idea of it being that. a phenomena because i think that's what it is it's an mm-hmm. it's an undescribable i mean it's not undescribable but it's it's you an just did a very good job
1: describing it <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's an unconfirmable phenomenon and and the yeah. closer we get to it the further it moves away from us so when you compile sort of Uh, you know, what people are seeing in the sky, what people are reporting from their bedrooms. And then some of these contacts, uh, about landed ships, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. Did you ever see that movie fire in the sky? Are you familiar with the Travis Walton story? (laughs) No, that's a great place to start on, like on, on, on something because seven people all witnessed it. And, and they all, they basically were, uh, their friend, Travis Walton, he was a logger out of Arizona Uh, I think in the seventies, his friends, they were all in a truck, they were doing logging work and they witnessed this light out in the woods. And lo and behold, they find this craft. Travis Walton jumps out of the truck, a beam of light hits him and, and it takes him away. Anyway, long story short, all, all, all six of these people took lie detector tests multiple times and they all passed because they were held to the fire. They thought that, you know, they might've, been involved in some sort of uh crime but anyway that's a great case to look at just to like uh, where a lot of evidence points to the direction that this stuff has got to be something more than just people's imagination or misidentification
1: right we, uh, so we're not going to be able to convince him in the next 15 well, minutes i did it with a I'm movie gonna, Fire, fire, fire. fire. go
3: watch a movie
0: <laughs> yeah, check, out, check out, that great, out great bcc
1: great episodes 169 and 170 we cover a two-part deep dive series on the Travis Walton. I absolutely touched. will. Yeah, Can I ask you one you more
5: question that I know yes. we may not have time for? Of
1: course. Go for it.
5: What do you make of people who say they've had personal experiences with Jesus Christ?
0: Mm. Yeah. Because I, I think
5: if you find personal experience so compelling when it comes to aliens, right. I think you also...
2: That's a very good point. Maybe have to explain going. whether
5: or not you feel that way about religious experiences and yeah, whether they're literally I, true.
4: I bet there's... I don't know 500 Sometimes million they, they people overlap There's 500 million people on earth who if they took a lie detector test and the question was asked, "Did you let Jesus into your heart?" they would they would pass. <laughs> Even yeah. though letting I mean, that's like vampire rules. You have to let you, you have to ask for him to come inside your house ha- your heart yeah, and, just or, or else they won't.
5: God. Yeah.
3: You know, all this Listen. stuff might might be sort of couched under the same umbrella the the the, the the Jesus phenomenon of, of personal experience can can be described by some as a mystical or otherworldly supernatural experience. You know,
1: we've we we've, there we've are gone people over... who who describe UFO encounters as a religious experience. That's so, right. That's right. So I, I think there might be more common here. You know, this all could be indicative of some sort of outside our dimension force in in maybe a force for good in some cases. Uh, forces of pure love of energy that come through mm. in the form of something an either archetype way like wanna... jesus christ or maybe a literal form who knows either
4: mm. way people want to feel saved and chosen
1: yes that's right mm.
4: and again which circles back to attention seekers then <laughs> um, we're back to <laughs> oh, I, live, I live in the I live in the backwoods of Arkansas. I I'm destined for greater things than this. I was abducted,
5: and also QAnon is speaking to me through Reddit.
1: Oh well, that's not. And I'm the only one too. who
5: sees it.
1: Now we're all just... right. Let's get our heads <laughs> out of the clouds, guys, and get them back down on Earth. I got a story for of high strangers for you all might just change your perception of a a certain hairy friend of ours. Bryce, Riley, Caitlin, yes. Oh,
5: Oh, it's not Jesus?
1: It could be. Was he Palestinian? (laughs) Jesus had a beard, so he's technically hairy. That's all I know.
0: Hmm.
1: Bryce Riley, you boys know I don't like to get too deep into a new year without circling back to the mascot that graces the artwork of our beloved clubhouse. That's right. Mm I'm talking about good old Bigfoot. Oh, Caitlin, yeah. adult, when you think of Bigfoot, what's the like image that comes to your mind?
4: I immediately think of the him sort of walking, the sort of Abbey Road version. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Patterson Gimlin, yeah. See, I go right <laughs> to the Harry art.
5: and the Hendersons version, where okay. he's just it's a, a good sweet, version, gentle giant of the woods. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, great. Yes. Well, when we last left our hairy friend back in episode 215 with amazing guest Markiplier, we came to learn how Bigfoot got his famous moniker. Now, there's still a lot to be left, a lot left to be said about that story and seeing how 2023 marks the 65th anniversary of the year Bigfoot got his name. 1958. We might just have to take a deeper look at his origins and some of the controversy that surrounded him from the get-go. But that is a tale for another day. Wait, 65 years?
4: Isn't that a Beatles song when I'm 60, Oh, No, wait, 64. That was last
1: year. That was oh, his theme song year. last I was like,
4: year. Abbey Road. Okay.
3: Yeah. I thought. Okay. I thought I
1: getting close. We're this is good, though. The synchronicities <laughs> now you're are. Okay, you're, they're lining up. <laughs> Almost a so
3: synchronicity. Yes.
1: We're going to turn back the clock just one year before loggers in Northern California found alleged Bigfoot tracks and trash equipment on their job site, thus ushering the legends of, of the wild man of the woods into mass consciousness back a few a few years before Bigfoot stomped across headlines in America. Let's go back to 1957 to recount the written story of when William Rowe met Sasquatch. Hmm. William Rowe's Bigfoot encounter is significant not only because of the great detail that the eyewitness attributed to the cryptid, but because of one roe signed a sworn affidavit that assured he was telling the truth and two the description roe gave of the creature would pave the way of how bigfoot would be perceived in mass culture moving forward of course bigfoot wasn't bigfoot just yet in the early 20th century the woods were full of different cryptids and myths lurking out on the fringes of society Supernatural hairy men called Sasquatch, shape-shifting guardians of the forest, human cannibals and wild men, violent native tribes, ape men, giants, mountain devils, all of these were used to describe Bigfoot types in the early, early 20th century. Often they would get appropriated and lumped together and squeezed under the Sasquatch umbrella. There were native stories of stone giants who could shoot lightning from their fingers. The Quinault people of the Olympic Peninsula described a race of giants that were pretty much human, except for a six-foot long horn made of quartz protruding from their big toes. There are also the legends told by white prospectors, settlers, and hunters, like Fred Beck's wild story of hairy mountain devils attacking his cabin near Mount St. Helens. But those creatures seem to refer to the Chinook legends of the Skookums, hairy cannibals living on Mount St. Helens albert osman spun a tale of being kidnapped by a family of cartoonishly entertaining bigfoots but that wasn't shared with the public until the late 1950s if fabricated it is possible that osman and later beck elaborating and expounding upon his encounter story in the late 1960s borrowed from william Rowe's encounter or at the very least roe beat them both to the punch regardless it was Rowe's description of Sasquatch that would cement itself in the public consciousness. According to Bigfoot researcher and author of Sasquatch to Apes Among Us, John Green,
3: William Rowe was the first to describe Sasquatch as an ape like creature rather than a giant Indian.
1: On August 26, 18, excuse me, August 26, 1957 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, William Rowe wrote a sworn affidavit that back in 1955, while exploring an old mine on Micah Mountain in the Teddy Juan Cache in British Columbia, he came face to face with an ape-like creature. It was then published in Ivan T. Sanderson's book about the Yeti, Abominable Snowman Legends, come to life. And here are some of William Rowe's words from that affidavit. Kaylin.
5: Now this man is Canadian, right?
1: He is Canadian, yes. Okay, okay.
5: Well, I I had been working on the highway near Ted Joan Cash for about two years. In October 1955, I decided to climb five miles up Micah Mountain to an old deserted mine just for something to do. I came inside of the mine around 3 o'clock in the afternoon after an easy climb. I had just come out of a patch of low brush into a clearing when I saw what I thought was a grizzly bear in the bush on the other side. I had shot a grizzly near the spot the year before. This one was about 75 yards away, but I didn't want to shoot it, for I had no way of getting it out. So I sat down on a small rock and I watched, my rifle in my hands.
1: Ro was staring at the top of the head and the shoulders of the creature. After a few moments, the beast stood up and walked on two legs into a clearing. It was then that Ro confirmed he wasn't looking at a bear.
5: My first impression was of a huge man, about six feet tall, almost three feet wide and probably weighing somewhere near 300 pounds. It was covered from head to foot with dark brown silver-tipped hair. But as it came closer, I saw by its breasts that it was female.
1: There we go, boys, those pendulous Mm. breasts, just like the Bigfoot in the Patterson Gimlin film.
3: interesting.
1: So it kind of makes you think that if, if, Patterson and Gimlin did hoax that that film. Maybe they got the idea for a female Bigfoot from Roe's encounter story. (laughs) Just ain't if. Now Roe noted however that the being didn't have the traditional hourglass figure of the screen sirens of the day. The creature was built with a wide straight frame, thick legs, and long thick arms that hung below her kneecaps. And of course, it was important to note her feet.
5: Its feet were broader proportionately than a man's, about five inches wide at the front and tapering to much thinner heels. When it walked, it placed the heel of its foot down first, and I could see the grey-brown skin or hide on the soles of its feet. It came to the edge of the bush I was hiding in, within twenty feet of me, and squatted down on its haunches. Reaching out its hands, it pulled the branches of bushes toward it and stripped the leaves with its teeth. Mm. Its lips curled flexibly around the leaves as it ate. I was close enough to see that its teeth were white and even.
1: Talk about getting a close look. (laughs) I mean, this thing, first of all, I I was recently, I've, I've told my story about this gorilla that I saw at Animal Kingdom recently on the show, but... This thing stripping, stripping the branches with its teeth and stuff like this reminds me of just gorilla. primates eating uh, foliage in the woods. And I, I don't know how necessarily this just regular dude knows how to add that type of detail based on what he's seeing right now, unless he was really seeing it. Now I'm not saying it's a Bigfoot. Maybe there was a girl in the mountains. But here we go. <clears> Roe <throat> Ro described her head as being higher in the back of the skull a conical ridge and then slowly slanting down towards a flat wide nose. Her lips and her chin protruded past the nose, much like a primate, like a gorilla. Her ears were very human-like. And although she was covered in hair everywhere, her face was more bare. Her eyes were black like a bear's and her neck was strong and thick, thicker than Mm. any humans he'd seen. And yet there was something undeniably human-like about this. She beast. So much so that Rowe's mind began to spin, searching for a logical explanation of what he was looking at. He briefly settled on the absurd idea that it was an actor in a costume. But then soon realized how ridiculous that notion was. There was no film crew present. They were out in the middle of nowhere. Rowe and his new best friend were the only two beings for anywhere, anywhere, for miles.
5: Finally, the wild thing must have got my scent, for it looked directly at me through an opening in the brush. A look of amazement crossed its face. It looked so comical at the moment, I had to grin. Still in a crouched position, it backed up three or four short steps, then straightened up to its full height and started to walk rapidly back the way it had come. For a moment, it watched me over its shoulder as it went. Not exactly afraid, but as though it wanted no contact with anything strange. God, this
3: is so weird. Oh, sorry, I'm in my own head. <laughs> Go ahead, you're doing great. <laughs>
5: it's pretty you <laughs> to another place.
3: It back really to is. its feet.
0: We're there,
5: yeah. <clears throat> sorry, i will get back in character. The thought came to me that if I shot it, I would possibly have a specimen of great interest to scientists the world over. I had heard stories of the Sasquatch, the giant hairy Indians that live in the legends of British Columbia Indians... And also, many claim are still in fact alive today. Maybe this was a Sasquatch, I told myself. I leveled my rifle. The creature was still walking rapidly away, again turning its head to look in my direction. I lowered the rifle. Although I have called the creature it, I felt now that it was a human being, and I knew I would never forgive myself if I killed it.
1: Okay, so I've attached a drawing here. Now, I believe this. Eyewitness drawing was actually drawn by William Rose's daughter, as he described God. it to to her. But it it is it's fascinating. I mean, it also just looks like a bigfoot with a big pair of boobs.
0: Nice. I mean, yeah,
3: it's it's a nice drawing. What I'm taken aback b- by is like this is almost almost word for word like the Patterson-Gimlin account. I, know. I mean, over the thick neck, the, shoulder, the looking yep. over, the startled. It's like. It's just it's it's a shocking. Um, Mike it kind
1: it, of blows your mind, right, Bryce? It, it really could does. Kind of yeah. make you think that maybe those guys did fake that movie, and they tried to put what he's seeing on film, or or that they saw the same type of creature and it behaved in a very similar fashion.
3: Well, I would have to lean towards the latter because you know we've well, been over course, that sir, film Bryce, over and over over and over mm-hmm. again and i you know i i've looked at that film with with experts and and and, and to me that renders valid uh, that's a that so i'm kind of stymied here this is amazing
1: the other thing that's really notable here going back to the to the preface of the story is that he refers to sasquatches as a race of people mm. they, they were people living out in the woods not primates right and so it's a it's a good reminder that up until these this sort of the 1950s and late 50s we didn't really have a singular concept of what Bigfoot was, you know. in a lot of these stories they were it was just a a a, a, a it was just human. It's
5: like with tomatoes, how we had like a million varieties of tomatoes, and then like big agriculture was like we can't do all these tomatoes.
0: We need this one a consistent one tomato. tomato.
5: Yeah, we need Which, one consistent yeah. tomato that is like always good and the same yeah. color and the same shade. We're
1: going with beefsteak tomatoes, okay, mm-hmm. guys. So after deciding not to shoot, Roe describes being left. Uh, describes the creature letting out a high pitched laugh like language. Mm. that He compared to a horse's whinny. There you go. It's
6: so all <gasps> coming for full,
1: the creature hours. walked into the brush, and after a few moments, Ro followed and spotted the creature walking away down a ridge in a clearing, letting out another chortling whinny before vanishing for good in the woods. That's new. <clears throat> Ro goes Can on somebody... to explain. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just like... yeah, yeah. I'm trying to hear a chortling whinny.
4: Hey, I... Google chortling whinny, and I got an episode of The Wonder
1: Years. <laughs> 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 So Ro goes on to explain how he tracked it for a while, found some scat, examined it for uh, vegetation, confirmed it was a vegetarian, also claimed to find a nest of leaves and grass where she had uh, nested down for a couple nights, but Mm. he never saw the Sasquatch again. Earlier, shorter versions of this story were said to be recounted uh, by Road to the Press and printed in Canadian newspapers before Sanderson, a Canadian, uh, I believe a Canadian himself, maybe I'm wrong about that, uh, I forgot to double-check that, but anyway, Ivan T. Sanderson, the famed Bigfoot researcher, tracked him down and had him write this sworn affidavit. Now, uh, for those skeptical about the veracity and impact about these types of documents, Sanderson had this to say. Let me dismount my
4: ghost horse here, good lad, you <laughs> up. While sworn statements may not cut too much ice in the United States, they mean a very great deal in Canada and the British Empire. Canadians have an intense respect for the law. I also have a drawing of the bosoms.
1: If you did anyone, where are you
4: going? Please come back. <laughs>
1: As for Roe, well, he died not too long after the publication of this affidavit and before John Green wrote his book. He didn't live to speak to any cryptozoologist who might want more details about his encounter and long before he can make rounds on the ever-growing Bigfoot circuit that began in the 1960s. Like Sasquatch, William Roe vanished after leaving a major impression. Hmm. His affidavit leaves us with this.
5: Whether this was a Sasquatch, I do not know. It will always remain a mystery to me unless another one is found. I hereby declare the above statement to be in every part true to the best of my powers of observation and recollection. Gotta be a D-cup, at least.
1: (laughs) Uh, And that is the story of when William Rowe met Sasquatch.
5: Yay! Wow.
3: Man, I'm flummoxed.
5: Slightly editorialized.
1: Yeah. Slightly, slightly editorialized by both the author and performers. <laughs> Caitlin, Adel, what the hell is that? What do you think about this encounter? Here's what I, I have very very quick story. Uh, people
4: who speak with this sort of like, I don't want to say blind confidence, but people who speak with this like adamant, fervent confidence. I don't believe because there's a story in my family. This is before I was born. Very quickly, my grandma Brunley's daughter, my grandma Shirley, my great grandma Brunley's daughter, my grandma Shirley, my mom's okay. mom. Shirley one time, Brown. my mom and okay. uh, one time my mom and her were outside. My grandma was probably fifty. She would eventually succumb to dementia, but not yet. When they they were outside, and they were looking across the street, and there was an uh, an owl sitting on a on like a telephone line or some sort of uh, pole or something. And my mom says, "Oh," uh, or my grandma says, "Oh, look." a monkey and my mom says no that's uh that's an owl and my grandma goes i wonder where it came from maybe it escaped from the zoo and my mom goes no no no, it's an owl the the owl then flies across the street to another pole or wire and lands and my grandma smug as all get out turns to my mom and says see a monkey so <laughs> I think that story demonstrates that just because someone is confident or signs an affidavit or thinks they saw what they saw, they didn't always see
1: what they saw. It also just sounds like your grandmother was a liar. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's the skeptic's answer.
1: <laughs> That's true. Oh,
5: I man. I okay. There's some things about this that I didn't find convincing. For instance, I think that a man in the 50s in a major metropolitan area like Edmonton would have access to a zoo and would be able to see an ape or a gorilla. Um, also, TV was a thing, and people have always been interested in like nature programs. But the weird part to me is the nest, because I do think that zoos in the 1950s did not accurately replicate an animal's environment. Um, they were just like, Shit ass little horrible cages. It's and like, here's a rocking
4: chair. That's a habitat.
5: Yeah, that's what a monkey likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put him in pants.
4: <laughs> it thinks just <laughs> people.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I think that like for whatever reason, that one detail. I was like, why would he know that like primates make a little nest out of leaves mm-hmm. and grass
1: on bed bed bedded down on grass and leaves. Like it's yeah. very consistent. There's a lot of stuff with this encounter that is, is, trust us, if you spend as much time as we have with this stuff, is so consistent with other Mm -hmm. eyewitness stories, so consistent with what came after, that either this one guy's fabricated tall tale went on to shape everything that followed, or... It's evidence that um, there is something in all these different stories. There are some commonalities between these mm. encounters that point to mm. there might be some sort of relic hominid species living, nomadic species living out where it's hard for people to get to.
4: Wow. I have a very important question for Michael, Bryce and Riley. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any chance in hell that you would sell as merch... The drawing of the Bigfoot with breasts. I would buy, if there's a, a crew neck sweater with that on it, or a mug, or even if you did, if you took Abbey Road, plucked yeah. out all the Beatles, popped, popped in four big big feet, what if, I would buy that. I, want, I, what would, if I in, demand some merch. What instead of taking it, out the it.
1: Beatles, you take out the road and you put her as the road and the Beatles are walking across...
0: <laughs> You just blew my mind, and you make them really
5: blurry. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: it. I still oh, really want man. the shirt that
5: says "Uncle Sam wants you to outsmart a werewolf," so a you guys of, are going to have a lot of,
0: work a lot to a do of yeah,
1: we got a lot yeah. of uh, convincing <laughs> to do to corporate. Um, we'll we'll I have put this total... image, of course, on our Instagram Epic Bigfoot Collectors Club.
3: I have a total mm-hmm. different take on this. For me, I'm I'm having to work backwards on this because, you know, I, I've looked at the uh, the 1967 Patterson Gimlin footage with with experts, and I. You, you would have to convince me that that film is not authentic. First of all,
1: it's and never so been I'm, proven that it's not. Uh, no, It'll never be there's proven. Never been way. a costume, and no one's ever. That's no right. No one's ever provided a costume.
3: That's right. It is and, uh, a
1: real Schrodinger's cat of a of a film. It
3: really is. So I, I'm working backwards on this story, and to me, I mean, you know, there's so many commonalities in, in what William Rowe saw that it's almost. It almost bolsters the idea that these things really do exist because how could he have – I mean I'm just kind of flummoxed because it's the first time we're sort of hearing some of these – these the, the way the soles of the feet are described. That bull's neck, uh, the heel falling,
1: the heels, first it, the 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 breast, the breasts, the, uh, the, yeah.
3: the breast. The way the thing eats and 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 moves and and just how it's almost mistaken for a bear and then a human. It's like there are so many commonalities with with what I deem to be the most um, the most authentic uh, piece of evidence which is the gold standard of Bigfoot evidence and it is that 1967 film and that William Rowe story predates that man so now we're left with a a flummoxing question uh did did William Rowe's account influence Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin in trying to uh recreate that or is this just more evidence that you know people are seeing these things male female who knows? I,
1: I always gave them credit for if they were hoax and being smart to make it a female and not a male. Mm. And, but now we have a story that predates that, that yeah. explicitly describes a female Sasquatch. So yeah. wild, you know, wild. I don't stuff. know here. Crazy here's
4: stuff. Legitimate question. Uh, quickly. What is the, probability of something surviving because I, I have no reference point for this except for like a liger which mm. is like the, the offspring of a, of a lion and a tiger what is the probability truthfully yeah of like i don't know like a it, it, just off the top of my head and please don't come at me because i don't know what i'm talking about like a bonobos and a gorilla having a baby or something or uh you know what i'm saying like
1: you're asking the there... wrong dudes <laughs> is
4: there a possibility?
5: zoologist collectors? Is there a possibility that there no. was like a
4: one-off romance between two things <laughs> that gave birth to this one-time creature, one-time only?
1: But who, I, there's I not. But there's so. so many sightings spread out such a large area over time yeah. that there can't just be one. You know, mm. I think when. Bryce years ago spoke with Cliff Berrickman on our Patreon on the, over on the other side. He said something like, "We kind of look think of it as like a, a an endangered species where there's maybe about seven thousand of these left walking around in the woods. You know, just enough for people to get a glimpse, but not enough for them to really be uh, so populated that they would be seen routinely." If it's if it is something like that, if it does exist and it's some type of animal, I think it might be, it just might be a very uh, endangered or at least um, small populated type of animal or. Mm. If there were 7,000,
4: there would have been, a Fort Taurus would have obliterated one. On
1: its <laughs> like, I pulled that number out not? of my head. I can't remember if that was the exact uh, number he said, but I do love the idea. Of I used Taurus to
4: drive a destroying
1: Fort
3: destroying Taurus. <laughs> now, now we're hitting the synchronicities.
1: Oh <laughs> <Your Fort laughs> Taurus
4: descri- destroyed my Bigfoot. Oh all
1: right, we got to wrap this uh, up. Uh, we, we can pontificate <laughs> all day long. We got to wrap up this clubhouse session caitlin at thank you so much for being on the show where can people you. find you guys and find your stuff
5: well you can listen to the monster line wherever you get your podcasts from q code our all of our uh daddy's companies Papa. yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also what else and if you'd like to listen to the monster line or i'm sorry and if you'd like to listen to Lizard People, we have done episodes about Bigfoot, um, and Michael himself has been a guest.
1: Uh, Rice has been does. on, too. Yeah, oh, we, yeah we, we, d- on d- we
3: discussed the conspiracy of Back to the Future and how it was really a, right. a 9-11 predater.
1: I
0: think God. I've been on a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think I was on
1: oh. with Bryce once, and then not without Bryce another time. That's Sorry. cool that yeah. you guys invited great. them both Scott. on. That's yeah. really great. Oh. That's, That's cool. Uh, <laughs> both, both and, uh, it's a very <laughs> short, <laughs> very <Riley>. short studio. <laughs> oh, okay. <That> makes sense.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. Door is too one, tiny so. for you to
1: get through, Mr. Nephilim. He will
5: never fit us on the same yeah, microphone. Yeah.
1: Real low <laughs> ceilings in there. That's
5: Real low
0: ceilings.
4: Uh, and I'll toss out there one thank you so much for having me this was a goddamn blast uh, I've had so much fun and you can check me out uh, my other podcasts are Hello from the Magic Tavern and Improvised Fantasy Journey and uh, Hey Riddle Riddle which is me and two friends trying to solve riddles
1: and doing improv along the way awesome thanks guys um, thanks for much for, so much for joining us and we'll make sure you're tagged on uh, our social media stuff so people can find you over there as well
5: thank you what a joy hashtag ghost horse <laughs>
1: All right, Club Scouts, we are headed to the end of this episode. If you love the show, please follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. If you write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you might read it on the show, like this one.
2: XX Thanatos XX25 writes, This show is awesome. I first came here to listen to the Markiplier episode, but I just had to listen to more. I love the vibe of the three of you, and every episode is so insightful. I love learning more about all of these topics since I've been a fan of the paranormal and supernatural for years. Keep up the awesome work, you guys. Five stars. Awesome. Thank
1: Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. If you want... More BCC, you can join our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, for three additional exclusive episodes every month. Uh, Riley also just recently released a full album on the yeah, dropped newly a bomb on the
3: Patreon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cosmeteer
1: uh, membership. Uh, check that all out over at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club merch. You want merch? Go to store.bigfootcollectorsclub.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on TikTok. I'm starting to do a little bit of stuff over there at BCC Pod. Please check out my other podcasts. Let your name Seasons 1 and 2 are available now. Follow me on Instagram at McMills and hit me up on Cameo for a personalized video for yourself or your, or a loved one.
3: Yes. Hey, welcome to all the new listeners. And hey, uh, appreciate all the listeners from before uh if you guys want to we talked a little bit about i don't i kind of lost my thought on landed that on got we love the it did, did i land yeah. it okay yeah, we talked it. a lot about bigfoot on this one hey i'm also doing another bigfoot show called expedition bigfoot which can be found on the travel channel and your discovery plus app uh check out that season three where we go over a lot of that patterson gimlin
2: footage uh you guys might find it
1: pretty interesting good there uh, right into bluff creek where it was filmed
2: Mm-hmm. that's right a legitimate bigfoot hunter and uh i'm a peace drone on instagram that's my main social media you can hit me up on cameo i'll sing you a song um and yeah just to circle back the other side the Cosmateer, i am dropping music just like i'm just throwing it away and it's not on streaming <laughs> services it's only there just <laughs> for it's you good it's, it's good it's like, stuff guys like a real like full <sighs> albums some like, of it Oh, some of go. it are
1: soundtracks from the show like the one you heard right. today that'll yep. be up there but then also riley has just been throwing his own original stuff up there which is like fucking awesome That's and awesome. it's really
2: fun for me to release music only to a very small set of individuals rather than sort of everywhere on the internet to no one and it's this little community and i'm i'm very thankful for it so thank yeah. you to all you cosmeteers, and i hope to see more of you join us
0: Love yeah, it. Skip
1: a
2: coffee for the month and come on over and join us over there. There you
0: go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's all I got
1: to do. All right. We're headed over to the other side right now to discuss the latest Bigfoot movie club selection, house two. What uh, a shit show that was. It's oh, going to be a great chat. It,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: it's going to be some debate. If we don't see you there, we'll see you back here next Wednesday for an all new episode of Bigfoot collectors club. Until then, good night
4: and
2: go get regressed.
0: Oh,
3: Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club.
1: Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.